evening, High Desert Words Center. How is everybody on Wednesday night? All right, very good, very good. Well, it's great to see everybody. It looks like summer has officially arrived, in case you had any doubts about that. It is here, and uh, praise God. I'll give you some updates on the AC in a minute, but it feels pretty good in here for our one unit that's running this place, so I will take that without complaint, amen? Well, uh, my parents are still out of town. They'll be back for this Sunday, so uh, they're looking forward to seeing everybody. They got my little niece with them. She's coming with them to visit for a little bit, so uh, praise God. They'll be glad to see everyone. Let's go ahead, and we're going to speak some words of faith over our United States of America. Can we stand up together tonight? We're going to stand up together in unity and in faith as we proclaim the gospel over the United States because America is coming to Jesus. We walk by faith and not by sight. It doesn't matter what anybody says. We believe that the best is happening, all right? So let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise tonight. Hallelujah. You may be seated. All right. So let's go over a few updates and announcements. Get everybody in on the, on the action here. Uh, first of all, just a quick reminder. Uh, we're no longer requiring that you wear a mask at church. Uh, you can if you want to. You don't have to. It's optional, all right? So June 14th or 15th, the governor says he's lifting the ban. And so look, hopefully he does that. But anyway, uh, here at High Desert Word Center, so totally up to you. Why? Because this is America. Come on, somebody. <laughs> all right. Praise God. Um, let's see. So we have the, maybe you heard this on Sunday, but we have the final four ACs are completed from the manufacturer. So that's really good news. And our installer is trying to get them in before Sunday. I'm, I'm praying in Jesus' name that they'll be able to. They're just trying to go ahead and secure the crane and have that available. So if uh, it doesn't happen by this Sunday, then I'm very confident that it'll be by next Sunday. So I am wanting them by this Sunday, though. So hook your faith up with me on that because, hey, summer arrived. You know, my son invited one of his junior high basketball buddies over today from Victorville to play ball. And uh, they wanted to take on the old man. You know what I'm saying? And so, hey, they were talking trash. And I said, you can't do that, all right? So I, I told the boys, I know school's out, but you boys are getting ready to go to school. So I gave them the ball. And, man, hey, we played some hardcore basketball for 10 minutes, and I about passed out. So, But I was ahead. I, had, I was ahead of them at the end of the 10 minutes. So technically, I, I consider it a big win for me. And uh, But I felt it all day long, up until this minute. I felt the heat, baby. So praise God. All right, uh, well, enough of that. Let's talk to you about Kids Club Camp, all right? Kids Club Camp is coming up June 11th through the 12th, all right? We're very excited about this. First through 10th grade, cost is $20 a kid, and uh, they'll be staying the night out at our parents' ranch in Blueberry. You're going to be taking them out on the boats. Uh, you should be able to do some fishing and uh, some sleeping in the tents. It's going to be
there anybody else that thinks that you may have a, a tent you could loan? It's for the kids, all right? It's for the kids. <laughs> all right. Okay, let me go ahead and put that down. All right. Thank you, guys. And then they also said they need two pop-up canopies. Does anybody have a canopy you could loan out? Nick does. And Doug does. All right. Thank you, guys. There we go. That's how we do that at HBWC. We're a family, and we all chip in. Come on, somebody. Give the Lord some praise. All right. Very good. Uh and there are flyers on the info booth that tell you what the kids need to bring. The next line of business is the youth group trip. Uh, they are looking at going on July 9th through 11th to St. George. And they're, they're getting it hooked up, man. They're renting this great big condo place, man. They were just showing me pictures of it. The youth are going to be going in luxury. It's very, very nice. Um, and so we're raising money for them. Uh, with, here's the big deal, okay? Ushers, do you have my cake auction paper? Robert? Ushers, Kathy, I need my cake auction sign-up sheet. And so we are uh, going to be doing a cake auction uh, on June 13th. And these are, it's a blast. We have such a good time with the cake auctions. You can sign up to make not just a cake, but a pie or brownies or any uh, dessert that you want to make. And we auction them off, and it raises money to send the kids to camp. So it's fun for the church. We all get a bunch of extra sugar, which we need. And then we also get the kids to go to their trip. So uh, we're going to pass that sign-up sheet around. Make sure you sign up that day and the, uh, to bring something that, and then you be there that day so you can buy something and help out with that. Does that sound good, everybody? All right. And then I also want to last but not least remind the men, we have men's meeting this Saturday at 9 a.m. over there in Victory Hall. Amen. All right. So we're going to be over there. I'm going to be bringing the word that day. And I'm also going to be bringing donuts, all right? So you got Jesus and you got donuts. That is a win-win. Nothing can go wrong with those two things. So let's make that happen Saturday at 9 a.m. All right. Who knows what time it is now? Happy time, yes. Because our God loves a cheerful giver, and it is more blessed to give than to receive, according to Acts 20, 35. If you need an envelope, raise your hand, and the ushers will get you one. And we're going to open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6, amen. You can also give online at hbwc.org slash giving. And we've got a new website um, that's almost launched. So we totally revamped our website. That'll be up hopefully very, very soon. And uh, kind of needed, needed to make some good updates there. So, all right, Matthew 6. I'm in the New King James. I'm going to look at verse 31 through 33. Matthew 6, starting at verse 31, it says, Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. Well, you know, by birth I'm a Gentile, but by covenant I am Abraham's seed, right? Come on. And so, after all these things the Gentiles seek, or the people with no covenant, they seek out, of, out for those things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Well, what do I do about that then? Well, verse 33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And I like how uh, how uh, the New Living says, it says these things will be given to you. And so the world is out there searching and seeking and, and all stressed out and worried about what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? Are we going to have enough money this month? Are we going to have enough provision? How are we going to pay this bill? And God said, Jesus said, don't even worry about all that. All you got to do is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So does that mean I seek fifth the kingdom of God? Seek 21st if I've got to? No, seek first the kingdom of God. And how do I seek the kingdom of God? Well, one great way is to obey his word. And his word tells us to bring the tithe into the storehouse. It tells us to give, and it shall be given unto us. And so no doubt about it, somebody that seeks first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, they're a tither, they're a giver, they're a Bible reader, they're a prayer person, they're a church goer, they're a lover, they're all those things that the Bible tells us to be. And when we do that, all the things you need will be added unto you. They will be provided to you by your heavenly Father. You don't have to worry about it anymore. God's got it. Amen? All right, let's stand up together tonight, and we're going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings. That the 
witness of worship. We're going to have a really good time tonight. Let's say this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings that increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Let's sing together. Every fear overtaken, every wall comes crashing down. I am free in your presence. Whoa, you have lifted my burden. You surround me with your grace, full of hope in your presence. Whoa, and I. Can't stop singing about your love. I can't stop singing about your love. My heart is overcome. And I I can't stop singing about your love. For everything that you've done, my heart is overcome. I see the kingdom of heaven. Pierce the dark within this life. We're alive in your presence. Whoa. You have won our salvation. At the cross, one sacrifice. So secure in your presence. Whoa. And I, I can't stop singing but your love. Can't stop singing about your love. My heart is overcome. And I, I can't stop singing about your love. For everything that you've done, my heart is overcome. I praise you forever. Love goes on and on. I sing to you, Jesus. You are my first love. I praise you forever. Your love goes on and on. I sing to you, Jesus. You are my first love. Sing hallelujah. Sing hallelujah. And I, I can't stop singing about your love. I can't stop singing about your love. My heart is overcome. And I, I can't stop singing about your love. For everything that you've done. Heart is overcome. I praise you forever. Your love goes on and on. I sing to you, Jesus. You are my first love. I praise you forever. Your love goes on and on. Sing to you, Jesus. You are my first love. Sing hallelujah. You are my first love. Sing hallelujah. And I, I can't stop singing about your love. I can't stop singing about your love. Heart is overcome. 
can't stop singing about your love for everything that you've done. My heart is overcome, and you are my first love. Sing hallelujah, you are my first love. Sing hallelujah, you are my first love.
that it is a strong and mighty tower. Lord, whenever trouble comes, whenever things come our way, we can cling to the name of Jesus. We can we can run to that name, Lord. We can wrap ourselves in that name, Lord. And you protect us, Lord. You bring us through no matter what comes against us. We thank you for your name. We thank you for that, Father. Thank you, Jesus. You know what? Just as they're singing about that, it's stirring a lot of stuff up within me because, man, the name of Jesus has gotten me through a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's gotten me through a lot of stuff. And in fact, it's such a cool thing because in Luke 10, Jesus told the disciples, he said, hey, use my name. In my name, you can cast out devils. In my name, you can you can do anything, Lord. You have, a, you have authority over all the works of the devil if you'll just use my name. And so Christians have to realize the power that's in the name of Jesus. It's the name above every name. And we've got to get that revelation in our hearts and in our and in our lives, Father. So one more time, let's raise our hands. Thank you, Lord, for the name of Jesus. We thank you that it is a strong and mighty tower. We thank you that we have access to that name. We thank you that we're allowed to use that name. Thank you, Jesus, that anybody who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We love you. We praise you. We lift you high tonight in this place.
depends on your faith level, right? I mean, we just think that God's so good, he'll come down here and just blast me with miracles, whether I believe anything or... No. Your faith is the determining factor on if you're going to get a miracle or not, okay? Now, I'll, I'll, you know, to go a little bit deeper, there are times, you know, we see someone that freshly gets saved, someone born again straight out of the world, and oftentimes we will see a lot of just quick healings and quick uh, miracles and answers to prayer in a very young Christian's life because they haven't had the time to develop their faith. And so we will see a lot of times the gifts of the Spirit specifically functioning to bring them about a change. You know, they come up to the pastor, get hands laid on them, and boom, it's like they get healed every time because they aren't at a place yet in their faith level where they could really trust and believe God for it. So God will oftentimes specifically use uh, the gifts of the Spirit to really bring about things in their life. But then sometimes you've been in church for 10 years now. You've been around. You've read the Word. You are held to a level where... You're going to have to, after a while, quit just relying on the pastor's faith or your brother's faith. And you're going to have to start using your own faith at at a certain point in time, right? And so these guys, they knew Jesus. They grew up with him. This is his family, his friends. This was people that knew him. And then they heard about this miracle worker doing all these things. The miracle worker shows up. Oh, it's Jesus. And he was shocked. He was amazed at their insane level of unbelief. And did you notice something Jesus said there in verse 4? That a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And as a Christian, um, one thing that you see a lot of times is the most resistance, once you start getting really uh, all on deck for God, once you really fully commit... Sometimes the most resistance and the most, uh, the most persecution that you receive is from those that have been closest to you. Those that, you know, your own family, they're like, well, who does she think she is? Okay. Now she's going to that church all the time. She thinks she can just pray for me. You know, what, 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 she thinks she's better than me now. What, and, and, and so uh, Jesus even said this himself. Sometimes the most heat that you get isn't from the atheist and the and the hater and the mean people. It's from your own family, and it's even from family that claims to be believers. My dad tells this man, the Samples family in Indiana, they are not, you know, known for being Christians. <laughs> They're known for alcohol, okay? And I've come from a long line of alcoholics. My dad is the first samples to really break that out of out of his family. There's seven kids, one one my aunt, one girl out of the family. She wasn't into it. But everyone else, I mean, they are just they love some alcohol. And my dad was no different. And so he, he was out there living it up and and you know, drunk and getting arrested and all this crazy stuff. He comes to Jesus at I think what he said, twenty eight years old, comes to Jesus, gives it all up, and then his whole family gets mad at him. All of a sudden, they're angry at him. And and they didn't care when he was getting arrested. They didn't care when he was drunk. They didn't care when he was out getting in fights. But as soon as he stops doing all that stuff, something's wrong with him. We need to, we need to talk to him. They staged an intervention and sat him down like, we're worried about you. We're worried. What's wrong with you? Here you are. You're going to that church over there in Indianapolis three times a week. We even heard that you're giving them 10% of your paycheck. What is wrong with you? And they staged an intervention. They tried to have him committed to a to a mental place because that was crazy. It wasn't crazy when he was drunk and getting arrested. That was totally acceptable. But as soon as he stopped doing that and went to church three times a week and started the bar seven times a week, something is wrong. And in fact, the one of the only family members that did even claim to be a Christian got so angry at him, sent him a letter and said, "Who do you think you are?" I've got more religion in my little finger than you have in your whole body. And my dad was like, yes, you do, because I don't have religion. I've got a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah, if you, you, yeah, you got religion, you keep that religion, because religion stinks. But a relationship with Jesus changes everything. And so, I'm just telling you right now, that sometimes the most heat that you're going to get for your faith will be Sometimes from your own family members, those that know you the best. And I'll tell you something else too. If you really start taking faith seriously, you really start doing what the Bible says, 
if you start doing if you start doing what the Bible says and going out and witnessing and preaching the gospel to every creature, if you start doing what the New Testament says, it will rub religious Christians the wrong way. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. If you go out there and you're casting out devils, all right, because you can do that with the name of Jesus. Alright? You go out there laying hands on the sick. You go out there doing the things the Bible says to do. Religious Christians will get upset at you. Alright? And so, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to tell a couple stories and I'm probably definitely not going to finish my notes at this point. But here we go. So I remember I, I will, uh, I will hide names to protect the innocent. Even though they're not innocent, they deserve a chewing out. So I was, um, I was serving at a, a church in Indiana, not my dad's church, and I remember one time, uh, it was around Christmas time of this year, and I was helping out with the youth ministry, and they're like, hey, we've got a bunch of needy people that we're giving gifts to, uh, you know, let's make the youth do it, you know, no one else wants to, so let's get the youth group, I'm like, alright, fine, let's... Dude, give me the list. And so, uh, you know, we deliver all these gifts. There was a single mom, and uh, somehow we missed her. But she calls me when I'm on my way home. I didn't know the girl, never met her in my life. And she's like, is it too late? I'm like, no, 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 I'll stop off and, and see you. And, and and so me and Katie, uh, she's like, meet me at this gas station. I'm like, okay. And so this girl's like crying on the phone. And it's snowing outside, it's December in Indiana, it was just crazy weather and all this, so it's freezing cold, I stop at this gas station and pull up, and this this young mom just like falls out of her car crying, and she's like, what do I need to do to give my life to Jesus, what must I do to be saved, and I'm like, you found the right guy. Oh my gosh, I was so excited. Because, you know, we're called to be fishers of men, but it's not real often that the fish just jump into the boat. Like, this was like, come on. This was beautiful. And so, we pray with her. We give her Christmas gifts and bless her and get her set up to go to church. And I'm so excited. I can't wait to go back and tell the leaders of the church. And and so, me and Katie, we get there. And we're like, you guys, you're not going to believe this. I tell them this story. And they're like, oh great. <laughs> you really did that? I'm like... Yeah, I did that. You know, those are the hardest ones to get. I, I mean, if you want to pursue this, you go right ahead. But I, it may be a waste of time. And I'm like, what in the world? No. When you start to really do the works of Jesus, it rubs religious people the wrong way, and they will get angry at you. I've seen this my whole life. Everywhere that Jesus went, he was doing miracles. Who got angry? It wasn't usually the Romans and the heathen. It was usually the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, and the teachers of the law. It was the religious people. They got really upset. Like, who does he think he is? Really? You think you can just go and do that? Who gave you the power to forgive sins, Jesus? Like, well, my father did. And look at that lame guy. He's walking now. So uh, you can't argue with the results. But if you want to amaze Jesus... Strong unbelief will do it. And as you go and step out in faith as a Christian, you're going to rub some people the wrong way. And, you know, Kenneth Hagin, he said this, that out of all the persecution he received in his ministry, it wasn't the atheist and the haters and the... No, the, the persecution he received was from religious Christians. That's just something to think about. That's not the topic of my sermon tonight. But that's something to think about that... In the end times, as you start to get bold for Jesus, don't expect everybody to be happy about it, because they won't. In fact, the majority of people will probably be upset that you've got the guts to do something that they know the Bible says to do, but they're too sissy to go out and do it. Thank you for your enthusiasm. All right. Let's look at Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. So I do know this, that doubt does. You know, there's times that, hey, when I'm praying, the devil tries to throw doubt at my mind, but I squash those thoughts right away because I remember what Jesus has done. He's done a lot for me, and he's done a lot for you guys. I know you. I know your testimonies and stories. We're all a big family around here. Jesus has done a lot for you, hasn't he? Yes, he has. Don't act like he hasn't. And don't be ashamed of But you're still standing. For you, and always remember what he's done. So, Mark chapter eight. We're going to look at verses sixteen through twenty-one. 
And even those closest to Jesus can have a short memory. And I'm, I'm going to read this. Uh, you know, I, I, I preach on this story many times, but let's look at this. Mark chapter 8, verse 16 says, at, So first of all, you got to realize that they got in the boat. They're getting ready to cross to the other side of the waters and everything. And then the disciples are like, oh, wait a minute. We forgot something. Mark chapter 8, verse 16. At this, they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. Jesus knew what they were saying, so he said, Why are you arguing about having no bread? Don't you know or understand even yet? Are your hearts too hard to take it in? Can you imagine Jesus speaking that way to you? Is your heart too hard? What's wrong with you? Why are you even doubting? What's the matter with you? You can't take it in? Your hearts are too hard? Verse 18, you have have ears, can't you hear? Don't you remember anything at all? What about when I fed the bread? How many baskets of leftovers did you pick up afterward? Twelve, they said. Okay, what about when I fed the four thousand with seven loaves? How many large baskets of leftovers did you pick up? Seven, they said. Yet, he asked them. Now think about the irony of this situation. That here they are, They had seen Jesus feed over 5,000 people single-handedly with a few loaves of bread, right? And then on a separate occasion, some people don't realize this, this happened twice. On a separate occasion, he feeds over 4,000 with a few loaves of bread. And here they are, the 12 of them plus Jesus in the boat, and they're like, oh great, we forgot to bring bread. Do you see how silly that is? If there's anything on my list of worries, and I've got Jesus in the boat... Bread would not be on that list. Jesus can just make bread. I mean, he can make bread happen from anywhere. Jesus is really good with bread, right? And so here they are. These guys had seen him with their own eyes feed a minimum of 9,000 people. But we know that wasn't counting the women and kids. So probably closer to 15,000. They've seen him times. And here they are. They're like, oh, what are we going to do? We didn't bring any bread. Jesus was a little irritated at this point. You guys are, you got hard hearts? You got ears? You can, can't you hear? You got eyes? Can't you see? Can't you remember anything at all? When I did this, you guys aren't getting it yet. And so there's often times that we see Jesus, he became a little bit irritated with the disciples because he's like, what else do I got to do? What else do I have to do before you could possibly not worry about stinking bread? That should be the very least of your concerns right now. You're in the boat with Jesus himself. That's like playing a pickup game of basketball down there at the park. And it's prime on your Just get the ball to him the whole time and you're going to win. Right? If you're in a bad situation, what are you going to do? Man, just get it over into the hands of Jesus and you're going to Hold your problem into your own hands like, I got this. No, you don't. You don't got this. Give it up. I got a problem here, Jesus. I'm just going to cast this care over onto you. Get the ball into Jesus' hands and just step back. And you're going to win. It's, you know, it's not complicated. But Jesus, in this situation, was very apparently frustrated with what he was hearing from his own disciples. And again, he doesn't say it, but I think he was a little bit shocked. He was a little bit amazed at what he heard. And so you got to realize, if Jesus provided the bread once, do you think he can do it again? Anyone? I worked with this older gentleman in Oklahoma back in college, and he had this remarkable testimony of being healed from lymphoma cancer. And, and he, he shared it with people, and he told people about it. And then one time this, you know, this uh, lady asked him, uh, you know, wh- well, what if you got cancer again? What, what, you know, couldn't Jesus just heal you again? And he's like, well, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't want to presume that he would just do it again. I don't think he would do it twice. And I'm like, come on, brother. Listen, Jesus can heal cancer more than once. He can provide bread more than once. He can bring you through the fire more than one time. There's no shortages in heaven. The power and the supply. So don't ever have the attitude like, well, I don't want to just presume he'll do it again. Oh, he'll do it again. 
And so don't ever limit Jesus because of your faith. And when Jesus went to his very own hometown and family, it says he was amazed at their unbelief. But let me tell you the second way to amaze Jesus. And this is the best way to amaze Jesus. Number strong faith. Have strong faith. And I'm going to show you a story where somebody had really strong faith and it says that Jesus was just amazed. And and so I love this story. Let's look at Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. Amen. Are we having... I'm having a great time on a Wednesday night. I just love to get together with the people of God studying the Word of God. That's a good time right there. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> Matthew chapter 8. And we're going to look here at verses 5 through 10. This is the story of the Roman centurion. And so, a few things to point out. First of all, he's Roman, so he is not Jewish. He's Roman. He is a Gentile. He is a military man. And a centurion was somebody, century, centurion, 100. He had 100 men underneath him, all right? And so, he was a, he was a powerful man. He had some authority. He had some power. And this wasn't just, you know, this wasn't private pile, okay? This was somebody that had a little bit of, you know, a little bit of experience here, all right? A respected man. And so, let's look at this. Matthew chapter 8. Verses 5 through 10. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I love that. I think the King James says, just speak the word only. Look at verse 9. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go, and they go, or come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, what happened when he heard this? He was amazed. Say that with me. He was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. That's a big statement. And what does he mean by that? In all of Israel, he's like, Israel, that was, you know, we're we're talking about on Sundays, that was the covenant people. That was the people that actually had promises from God. To this point in time, this Gentile, this Roman, he had no promises from God up until this point in time. And so Jesus looks to those around him and says he was amazed. And he was like, whoa, he had to take a step back for a minute. I haven't seen faith like this anywhere. I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel, even amongst the covenant people. They don't even believe like this guy believes. That's a big statement if you understand covenants like we do. Skip down to verse 13. So... Jesus did. He just spoke the word. And then verse 13, Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, Go back home. Because you believed, it has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. Now again, notice Jesus didn't say, Hey, because of my greatness and my power and my glory, it has happened. Was it because of his greatness, power, and glory? Yes, it was. That was... But it was also because of his belief. And so in your life, listen, some people, you know, there's people that are mean about it. And, and oh, you know, well, you didn't get that because of your doubt. And sometimes that is the reason why some of our prayers don't get answered. That's not always the only reason. But it would be a lie to say that that's never an issue. Sometimes that's the issue. Jesus has the power. He's got the resources. But... We do have to believe. And there are several stories in the Gospels where Jesus says, Hey, your faith has made you whole. He said that to the woman with the issue of blood. She reached out and touched him. And she said, Whoa, lady, your faith has made you whole. He tells this guy right here, Because you believed, because of your faith, the miraculous has happened. And then it actually happened. And this whole story is incredible because you see Jesus in a moment where he was like, whoa, he was taken back. He was amazed 
at this man's level of belief. How do you think that makes him feel when he looks down here and he sees you and he's like, and, and, and you, you release your faith. You stand on the word of God and the miraculous happens. Jesus loves to see you score some victories down here. He loves it. And, and you know, and, and, and he is just amazed by great and powerful faith. I absolutely love this. So when you're living in faith, all right, we're faith people. When you're living in faith, you can trust God even before you see the answer. That's what this man did. He's like, no, 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 just speak the word only, and it's as good as done. All you got to do is speak the word, and I'm totally convinced that that's all it's going to take, and my servant is going to be healed. And so we've got to get to the level where we trust God before we ever even see the answer. If you have to wait until you see it to believe it, it's going to be too late. When you've got a word of God, you go ahead and you stand on that word and you trust God and you consider it done, right? I mean, if, is there anybody in your life that you just really trust and, and you can ask them something, hey, can you take care of this for me? And they're like, yeah, I've got it. There are some people, you know, there's not everybody in my life, but there are some people where I, if I say, hey, can you handle this for me? And they're like, yeah, consider it done. I'm like, it's as good as done. It's off my mind now because I know that they're going to follow of their word. Jesus is a person of his word. Right? I love his word. I love the word of God. And if Jesus says, hey, consider it done. By the stripes by the wounds on Jesus' back, ye will. Healing has been provided for. The price is paid. I just got to plug in my faith and receive it. And so when I've got a word from God, I don't have to wait to start praising. I'll start praising in advance. And I've heard people talk about that, but I remember one day I was, it was morning time. I was praying for something that I really needed. And I was like, you know what? I've got a verse right here that says that this is your will for me. I've got a verse right here that says that you're going to take care of this. I got so excited. I'm like, oh, yes. Thank you, Jesus, that this is handled. It is done. I'm not even going to worry about it. So when you've got that level of faith, you can start praising God way before you ever even see the answer. You can start thanking God right now. It is done because of His Word and because of His promises. I don't even need to see it. You know, I've used this example, but I think about it. What if there was a legitimate billionaire, okay? A legitimate billionaire, and and he's like, you know what? I like you. I like you a lot. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to write you a check for a million dollars. Here it is. It's yours. Now... The skeptic would be like, I'll believe it when I go and take it to the bank and cash it and they clear the money and verify that it's there, then I'll believe it. But hey, someone that's like a faith like, I know that, I know this guy is, he's, he's got the goods to back this check up. I'm a millionaire! What? right then! I wouldn't have to wait for, I, I would, at that point in time, Consider myself a millionaire because I know he wrote to back it up. And when it comes to the promises of God, if you've got it in the word of God right here, Jesus wrote the check on Calvary. You can rejoice right now and consider it a done deal. If he said, man, if he said that I've got the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, I don't have to wait until I get the feels for it. Realize that you don't see it to believe it. You believe it, and then the seeing. Do you want to have strong faith? Do you want to annoy religious Christians? I do. Have strong faith, brother. <laughs> Come on. All right. And so, First John chapter five. First John chapter five. Jesus wrote the check and he's got the goods to cash it. He's got the goods to cash it. First John chapter 5. First John chapter 5. 
And I love this right here, man. First John 5. Praise God. We've got to be people of faith. We've got to believe. Love it. When uh, the angel appeared to Mary in Luke chapter 1 and tells her all this incredible stuff. She's just a teenage girl, 13 to 15 years old. And this angel says and comes and tells her all this outrageous stuff. And she's like... Be it unto me according to thy word. <laughs> and that's what we got to... God made some great big promises in his word. Right, They sound just too good to be true sometimes. But all I got to say is, hey, be it unto me according to thy word. If it's in the word, be it unto me. Let it happen. For with God, all things are possible. Luke one thirty seven. That's what little Mary said back then. And that's the same thing today. With God, all things are possible. 1 John 5... And we look at verses 14 through 15. It says, And we are confident that He hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases Him. So let me ask you, are you confident that God hears you when you ask for anything that's according to His will? Do you actually believe that He actually hears you? Or some people are like, I don't know if God's hearing me up there. It feels like my prayers are hitting the ceiling and then just bouncing right back down. No. If you are praying according to the will of God which is the Word of God, you can be very confident that God is hearing those prayers. They're getting up to heaven. They're getting up there. And look at verse 15. And since we know He hears us when we make our request, we also know that He will give us what we ask for. That's really good news right there. We know that He hears us Whenever we're praying for anything that is according to His will. And we know that He will give us what we ask for. You've got to be confident in that verse right there. And that statement of faith. You have to be confident that you've got a good God. He loves you. He hears your prayers. And if they're in line with His word, He will give you what you ask for. And some people are like, well, I don't know. That's a... That's a big thing to say because I've seen people that have asked for things according to the Bible and they didn't get them. And I'm, hey, I am sorry to hear that right there. There could be a whole, there could be a million reasons why, but it's not my job to go through there and analyze their life and their faith. But I can say this much, anytime that I have in faith asked God, asked, came to God in prayer and asked for something according to his word and I've been walking in love and I've been obeying him, I have gotten it. Big things. Healed of leukemia. Big thing. My parents got that in my life. I didn't like that. That's, you know, it's no fun being three and a half and being, you know, nearly dead. That stinks. But faith in Jesus made it happen. There's been so many great big things that I've seen God do. And listen, it rubs people the wrong way. I wouldn't go around preaching that. I wouldn't go around saying that. He'll give you whatever we ask for. Why wouldn't I say it when he said it? If you've got the guts to believe for it, he's got the goods and the power to make it happen. Jesus said, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? And I'm saying, I can't speak for everybody or everywhere, but right here in Barstow, California, on Soap Mine Road, when Jesus returns, he will find faith on the earth right here. And so, you know, I had a lot more in my notes, but I am going to have to wind it down here. But I want to tell you this much, that if you want to amaze Jesus, there's two surefire ways. Just be a big doubter and skeptic like the people in Nazareth were when he went to visit his hometown. Or you could take the better option and be a person of extreme faith, just like that Roman centurion was, and say, you know what, Jesus, hey, you don't, even have, you don't even have to go over to my... Just speak the word only, and it will be done. And so, if you want to see the miraculous in your life, you're going to have to build your faith up. You're going to have to start taking him very, very seriously. Some people are wanting... I want the blessing. You know, they want an Abraham-sized blessing, but they've got Thomas-sized faith. And remember Thomas. He was a doubter. He doubted everything. Thomas... Yeah, listen... If you want to start seeing some big things, you're going to have to start taking your faith very, very seriously. Because I see a lot of people that they want just full-time miracles, and they want to be a part-time Christian, and it does not work that way. You need to start taking Jesus seriously. We're in the end times here. We're 
We're about to hear a trumpet. We're about to see Jesus Christ call us up out of this mess and take us to heaven. And this is the hour. Hey, going to church once a month, that ain't going to cut it. I'm just, I'm sorry to say that. That ain't going to cut it. You're going to have to read in your Bible. Ain't going to cut it. You need to be in the Word every single day. Praying to Jesus only when you need some sort of a big bailout miracle. That's not a prayer life at all. You need to be praying every day. Reading the Word every day. Attending church all the time. You need to take it serious. Because Jesus is taking this serious. And the devil's taking this serious. And you better know that he's not about to let up. You need to be a person of strong faith. And times, they're gonna be, they're gonna be good for you. The glory of the Lord will rise upon you, according to Isaiah chapter 60. Gross darkness covers the earth, but upon God's people, the glory of the Lord will shine. Arise and shine, for thy light has come. Amen? All right, I better shut up, because I'm going to keep going. All right, let's stand up together tonight. Let's stand up. we got to call it quits. It is 8 o'clock. Who had a good time tonight? Amen, amen. Well, praise God. We're going to pray over you. But again, it's time to have some strong faith. And faith comes by hearing the Word of God, according to Romans 10.17. You better start taking your Bible serious and hear the Word of God at every chance you can. Amen? All right. Well, let's pray over you tonight. And then we'll uh, speak the Barstow Faith Confession and we'll let you go. Men, remember the men's meeting is this Saturday, 9 a.m., Victory Hall. Come on, yes, we're going to have a really good time. And, uh, of course, church on Sunday. Be here Sunday. We're going to continue our Covenant People series. And we're getting into the new covenant, the stuff that really applies to you. So you don't want to miss it, all right? Let's pray. Can we raise our hands tonight? Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in the Word of God tonight. And, Lord, we want to be people that amaze you. We want to be people that 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 trust you and, and have faith in you and believe in your Word, no matter what's going on in this world. So, God, I pray tonight that as we've heard the Word, that that is building our faith, that that is causing faith to come and faith to grow in our lives. And, Lord, in our life, if there's anything we're holding back from you, I pray that we will lay it down at your feet, God. If there's anything that, that we're that we're gripping onto of this world, you told us that, that, hey, friendship with this world makes you an enemy of God. And so, God, we want to be friends with you. We want to be on your side, not on the side of this world. So Lord, give us the strength and and the trust in Jesus' name to lay every burden, everything down at your feet and follow you in the name of Jesus. Use us this week to spread the love of God all over the high desert and anywhere else we go. We love you and we praise you in the name of Jesus. Can somebody say amen? Amen. All right. What a great time. What a great service. Praise the Lord. Let's go ahead and speak the Barstow Faith Confession together. We declare that Barstow families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, full of the glory of God. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great night.